Okay, what up, like listeners? Welcome to another show, uh, episode four, forty-eight, maybe. Um, with... And Josh. Uh, and as usual, we will shine a light on <clears throat> the latest news from the week. I'm I'm trying to get, get myself back into time zone after being in the states for the week and having to try and catch up with the news. Um, how's your week been in my absence? That's all right. Um, not much going on in the news that much. Uh, it's been, I think it's been one of the, one of the quieter weeks um, compared to the previous weeks. Compared to like last week and the week before, I mean, it's quieting down a little bit. I think people are getting, um, we've done the Black Friday shopping and it's going towards Christmas and everything's now winding down. Brexit's still on the agenda, but I think that's quieting down as well. So I think it's been um, a pretty quiet week this week. Yeah, I don't think anything's going to happen. What the, the until they get the vote on the eleventh, nothing's really going to happen on the Brexit fund. Uh, when I would imagine all hell will break loose because I can't see that getting voted in from Parliament. But we shall wait and see what happens. <clears throat> Did you? Um, so how was Vegas? Did you enjoy it? Did you have a good time? Uh, yeah, it, I mean, it was weird for me. It was a weird experience. Like going there on work is is bizarre not bizarre but it's just a bit strange I, I pinged somebody a message I was like yeah I got up at six this morning to go to the gym I was like normally I'd be getting in at like six um, so <laughs> it was a bit of a, a different experience but no it was uh it was good but one thing one, one thing that hit me is, is really bizarre so <clears throat> the conference was set between like every hotel so there was a couple of days where I literally had a session in the Venetian and then the Aria, which for anybody who's not familiar, is probably about a mile down the road. And I didn't use any of the um, coach shuttles because I'm like, I know my way around the strip. So I'm just going to walk back and forth. And and I couldn't, <laughs> this never happened to me before, but I couldn't listen to audio books or podcast. Well, I didn't listen to podcasts anyway because I didn't want to take up my, I didn't want to have 4G data streaming over there. But I couldn't even listen yeah. to audio books. Um, there's too much. There's too much in your line of sight when you're walking down the strip. I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was the most. It was the most bizarre thing. I tried a couple of times, and I was like, "This isn't even worth doing it. It's just, it's just not even going in." Which is like a first yeah. time that that's ever happened to me. But no, it was very good. Uh, it's a good conference as well. So uh, enjoyable that's week. Uh, let's get into it. All right. So where do we want to start this week? I've read. I've gone through stories. Um, do you want to start with the, the first story, Brexit? Uh, yeah, we can. I mean, there's nothing really... So there's an, an, another minister that's gone this week, but there's nothing really happening in this. It's a strange little period where you've got Theresa May try... What she, what's weird is she doesn't even seem to really be trying to get by him for it. Everybody's saying, yeah, she's desperately trying to get by him, but I'm not... Maybe it's just because I've been out of touch with the UK news, but I'm not seeing that she's particularly trying to do anything. I mean, one of the stories I actually chucked in here this week was that she, they've got a site up which they're paying for advertising on to get people to buy into it, which basically provides a, an overview of the Brexit deal. But then that is fallen off top spot to a guy, a single man, who's no, I don't mean a single man as in a single man in relationship status, as in a single person who has put together a countersite as to why the Brexit deal goes against what people voted for. And said, and he says he's spending, well, he's getting people to help kind of support him and give him donations for it. But he's spending like two grand on the ad, um, on buying ads to get himself to the, the top of the search stats. So I'm like, well, Theresa May, you're not really trying that hard if you're the PM and somebody is outbidding you on a t- yeah. on two grand. That's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, the only thing I'd say this, um, I think last week was Corbyn coming out and I don't asking him how he go back to um, Europe and negotiate. And Europe's come out. Europe's come back and said this week, this, um, if you don't get this, this deal, you, you probably have no deal. So it's like um, that- Corbyn shut this. But that's what they've said all along. They've, they've said this, but every time they've said, "Look, this is the best deal. That you, this is this is our deal on the table. We're not going to change our stance." They've said that every time. Um, yeah, I think the only thing that they've so I can't remember. There's there's some group of ministers who basically want to put it into not into law like the date of us leaving, but <clears throat> want to outline it so that we can't leave with a no deal, which would basically yeah. iron it, which would remove the no deal off the table and would basically say we either go with a deal where well, we don't go um, 
And so, yeah, we'll have to see what, what happens. Uh, I, I did find, because there's a couple of stories that I put on here just that just made me laugh this week, um, which is just the internet winning again. But I noticed that J.K. Rowland was using her, she's particularly perturbed about this, and was using her Twitter account to, to voice her um, agitation about it. Hold on a second, I put this yeah. on mute before Fimmy goes off. I just thought, so there's a couple of these where Twitter just seems to win this week. It was just people's people's responses to stuff. But she could, there was a weird response to one of her things from Aaron Banks, right? Because she said, so she's put a thing out I swear to God, I'm not trying to, <laughs> she's quite blunt in her tweets, by the way. I didn't actually expect this from her. I swear to God, I'm yeah. trying not to bang on about Brexit, but for fuck's sake, every time I come out of my writing room and look at the news there's some oh, I, I did like this there's some more dumbassery has been committed um and and so there was a response to this where he's gone right in room could you be any more pretentious and i'm like well hold on hold on if anybody if anybody in the world is going to have a writing room then surely it would be a person who writes for a living like i didn't yeah. i didn't get that response from at all which then gave way to some amusing um, responses on Twitter. So I know a really pretentious mechanic who owns a who has a garage. There's a flash butcher I know with a shop. <laughs> so I did, yeah, I did find it entertaining some of the responses I saw back on Twitter. But yeah, I nothing's gonna really happen now until the 11th, and and I'm not sure what contingency, uh, probably none, knowing Theresa May, um, what contingency she's betting on if her. Uh, Bill doesn't get well if the deal doesn't get passed through in Parliament, which seems for me, unless everybody absolutely well, and this isn't inconceivable because a lot of members of Parliament are spineless, um, it isn't inconceivable that all these people who are vocally spoken out about her would then actually vote it in and find some wormy reason for for them to be able to have to do that. So unless everybody literally has just been put on a front for their objections mm -hmm. to this, then I can't see this get voted down. But I wouldn't put it past the members of parliament to say, oh yeah, we've spoke out about it, but actually we're going to vote for it in the best interest of um, the country. And, and again, J.K. Rowland pointed out on her tweet as well, the exact same thing that we've been pointing out for ages. It, how can it be undemocratic to have a people's vote on this, a second referendum, in that it's, yeah. it, it's purely undemocratic not to have this. So hopefully common sense sees the light of day and this gets voted down in Parliament, and as part of that, that then calls into um, calls to Theresa May the need for a second referendum. And if we still, if the, the, the vote is still a resoundingly, well, it wasn't a resoundingly first time, but if the vote is to leave, then fine, I'll still be unhappy with it, but at least it'll be on the basis of the right information rather than the, the wrong, but I guess this is a line we've kind of pushed pretty much every time we yeah. talk about this topic, so. Yeah. Yes, um, I agree. <laughs> I agree with what you said. Uh, okay, moving on from Brexit. There's been a lot of... Um, before, we, before we move on, I just wanted to... Uh, just, just to highlight, um, George Bush Sr. died this died yesterday. Uh, I think he died on Friday. And he died at age of 94. He was the 43rd... 40 40 no, he's 41st. 41st president. George Bush Jr. 40, was 43rd. Yeah, yeah. He's the 41st president of the United States. Um, he's probably the first president that I know, I, rem I remember as president of America when I was a child because of Reagan. Although Reagan was president when I was a child, I, I'm too young to remember that. But uh, George Bush probably the first president I remember. Um, I remember his um, sound bites when he went against um, Bill Clinton in the election. Read my lips, read my lips. <laughs> and um, yeah, so he died this week. I just wanted to. It's, I always find it interesting when um, US presidents die because I don't think that there's one has died in my apart from Ronald Reagan. I was too young to know when he died. I, I don't think a, 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 a former president has died in my um, in my life. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, he has because the last one. So, so because uh, they were told I was reading up on this and how they're gonna carry out the funeral and when it's likely to take place. Um, there was one back in oh god, who was it in two thousand and six? A former president passed away okay but I, I don't recall that it's not the same for us over here i don't think but they've got i think going forward the december the 5th i've said will be a i don't know if that that happens every year but december the 5th at least this year will be a national day of a morning i don't know i don't know if okay. that happens every year or or not um but yeah unfortunate but i had a in, in fairness 94 is a a pretty good, good run. run right yeah all right moving on to something a bit more controversial and a bit 
and a bit silly. Uh, this week's been a bit of a funny week for Social Justice Warriors because Social Justice Warriors, it seems Social Justice Warriors have come out in full force, and um, so there's been uh, um, some funny stories. The first one I want to highlight is so this year it's coming up to Christmas, and normally around this time of year you hear uh, Christmas songs. One Christmas songs that you hear is "Baby It's Cold Outside." <laughs> I think we spoke about Baby It's Cold Outside before when we talked about um, the Me Too movement and the lyrics that was that are on that are in the song. I don't think we but spoke really about said, this before. I, I might have spoken about it in, in one of my WhatsApp groups. Um, but um, yeah, the, the lyrics are basically. <laughs> so I've always I've always found the lyrics a bit problematic in 2018. Um, but I, when when the lyrics were, when the song was created in 1944, that was the time. Um, yeah, but, but no, hold on, right? I'm calling so so frankly, I'm calling bullshit on this, right? Because and and I'm just just come to me now because I, I'm hearing what you're saying, right? And I know so take yeah. us to the lyrics. I right? I simply must go. Baby, it's cold outside. The answer is no. Baby, it's cold outside, right? But there are there are lyrics that are put in this that tie to certain things that were going on at the time. So I think there's one of them over here where it says, say what's in this drink, right? That's actually an old movie line from the 30s. So it's not, and somebody saying this is a reference to date rape. No, it wasn't no, a reference not. to date rape, right? It's and not. listen, not. what we have nowadays is a million, think of some of the songs which are out there at the moment, right? Seriously, and think of how <laughs> graphic they are. And you're telling me that we're supposed to be worried about this from 1930s, where you have to put it into the context of the era. But if we're going to say that we're going to start getting rid of um, songs where there is some inu- insinuation to sexuality of females, then we basically might as well do with do away with most of pretty much most of R&B and pop, right? So yeah. I, I understand that this one's an easy one to go at because it's a, a 1930s one. But then if you put this in the context, match this with any song out there, usually by female artists themselves, right? And tell me that the ones that we release nowadays do not objectify women a million times more than something like it's cold outside. It's just it's obscene. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. And then moving on, another story that um, you posted in, posted in the chat was um, the story about the woman who um, thinks engagement rings objectify women. And this, yeah, and there you go. And this is when I'm in the Slack group, I put social warriors go mad, social justice warriors go mad this week because it's, yeah. I mean, fair enough. This woman does say in her in the article that people don't agree with her, and a lot of her friends don't understand her and agree with her. But I really don't understand how she has tied the the idea of an engagement ring to being anti-feminist, all because and she uses uh, arguments such as. People use it as a, a sign of kind of social status, depending on the size of your ring. I, that, that's like saying uh, having a big car is anti-male. Like, I don't I just <laughs> like, I just didn't, I, I, uh, I, I don't know. The world's going mad when you get into this point in time, because there was this and then so there was this one that popped up. And now there's also the one that I put earlier, which I think I heard when I was listening to um, uh, No Agenda. Yeah, it was because I was in the airport the other day waiting to come home. And you've got the UN now saying that you can't use what is it? Um, what's the word they put for this? My, uh, criminalized. So basically, one of, yeah, that's it. Criminalise migration speech. So you can't speak yeah. negatively in regards to migration. Okay, 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 guys. Okay, 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 okay. So we're getting to the point where certain songs we're just going to say, right, you shouldn't be playing those anymore. Fortunately, the vote that was put up on that Canadian site showed that 95% of people thought that it was fine and only 5% disagreed, uh, said that it was inappropriate. But we're saying, actually, we shouldn't be playing certain songs from an era way gone by anymore, right? We clearly know that we can't have open conversations about anything that's got to do with gender. Otherwise, you're pretty much going to get shot down. And Jordan Peterson is a good example of that. Um, we now are not allowed to have discussions openly about migration for fear of offending people. Uh, at what point in time do we just lock it down so we just live in a 1984 world where basically you're only allowed to do it, to say what you're told? It's it's just getting to the point of yeah. being on ridiculous now. Yeah, getting to the point. A lot of as I said, I was saying this, a lot of progressive um, rhetoric is very authoritarian. I can't say the word. 
authoritarian and all that and it's it's telling you what you can't and, and cannot do because of it harm because of the, because of the intentions are to protect people the vulnerable in society or women or um or, or black people or muslims it kind of sometimes becomes so authoritarian in, in the sense that it, it, it becomes nonsensical um did you hear this morning did you, did you hear, i posted something in the um uh, the Neil deGrasse Tyson one. Yeah. I haven't had a no, chance right. to read it, read it, but I got the gist yeah. of it. So he's been accused of a, of, a, of um, sexual assault, and a woman and a woman wrote, um, was accused him of, of date raping her, um, stealing her drink and raping her while he was at university. He's come out today and he's wrote a fairly long um, rebuttal on his Facebook page, which I thought was brilliant. Actually, he went through it detail, step by step. I thought it was brilliant. Um, and um, he's invited. He's he's invited invest in a foreign investigation into it, so he, they can they can investigate it and then be done with it. Um, I I thought your battle was brilliant. Uh, it's it's. I think the problem with me too is that it starts off well and then it just comes. All right, is this true? Uh, uh, I can someone can accuse someone now. It's it's instead of being innocent until proven guilty, innocent until proven guilty, it's now guilty until you can clear your name. <laughs> so and because of yesterday it was all over Twitter it was like no Christ title all over Twitter um, all the all the big uh, media outlets and New York Times all those they all ran stories on him being accused and it's the point where he has he has to come out and refute it and I, I don't blame him on doing that but yeah it's just a bit ter- it's a bit, it's a bit terrifying that people have come out and sort of now sort of having a presumption of innocence until proven guilty you have to, you're proving guilty until, you're, until someone can prove you innocent um, it's just yeah, just a bad time living at the moment. Uh, well, well, on. well. Uh, I can't can't say that. I mean, it's it's not a bad time. It's a it's a it's a silly time. It's a, a strange yeah. time to steal from Joe Rogan. Maybe it's not a bad time though. Like right. it's, it's a strange time. It's a strange time. And staying staying on with the um, the weird and wonderful world of of um, internet and and social. Um, correct behavior. Starbucks is plan. Starbucks is planning to block porn on free website, free Wi-Fi in the US. I didn't. Think, I didn't. I, I, well, I'm, it's in the US, but I, I, I didn't think you could get could get porn on free Wi-Fi in, in, in anywhere. I didn't know. I, I wouldn't. I don't understand why people will go to Wi-Fi. Um, go to Starbucks to watch porn. It's, well, that was more the thing on it, right? I mean, uh, it's the fact that they've actually got. A, there was one. Uh, there was one tweet, I think, in this this story where a guys basically gone right. Who the hell's watching so much porn in Starbucks that they need to block it on their Wi-Fi? I mean, I didn't know whether you could or or couldn't. I mean, I'm just not. It's just never been a thing that I would think about. You'd have to be sitting in a pretty good spot in a Starbucks if you were going to go down that route. Um, but yeah, I just I thought that was quite amusing that the fact that they've had to introduce it because something's right. The, the bottom line is something's prompted this, right? Now, yeah. <laughs> there is also oh, there is literally there is somebody, even either a person or a small minority, that are doing this, otherwise, there would be no need to implement it anyway. Um, I, don't, I just I, found I, it I quite know, amusing. I don't know how big the problem actually is because of, I don't think it's a big problem. I just think I just find it funny the fact they've had to introduce it at all. <laughs> But what's what's prompted this is a, um, a group called Enough is Enough, who who forced McDonald's to introduce the block on pornography in 2016, and it said that uh, Starbucks broke its promise to introduce the block. It says Starbucks continues to serve up free unrestricted Wi-Fi to its customers, opening the door for patrons to view graphic or obscene pornography, to view or distribute child pornography, an illegal crime, or engage in sexual predation activity. The statement read. I don't understand. It's like I like I wonder if this is just more a cultural thing in the US though. I'm just thinking about this as you're going through it, right? Because over here, well, I don't know. I, I think I well, it is. I do know actually. Actually, saying this just while we're on this topic, my good lord, never ever in my life, and I've been to Vegas before, but not obviously with fifty five thousand IT leave to send down on the place. My good lord, never seen so many Starbucks in a square mile as I did when I was over there. It's ridiculous. Like it's literally ridiculous. It, 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 I, I barely saw any water over there, and all because it, it was all replaced by people with their Starbucks, and their large over there is like a bucket anyway. But I, back to my point before I digress. Um, I think they've got they've got a lot more of a culture where people do a lot of their work over public Wi-Fi, much more so okay. than we do over here. So I'm wondering if that's why 
they push the idea of a more restrictive. I'm not saying I agree with it, but maybe that's why they see it as a more in vogue thing to determine what you can and can't do over those networks. Because a lot of people use a Starbucks or a coffee shop as like their place of work, much, much more so than I think we do over here. Um, okay. I think over here, most people go to a coffee. It sounds a bit, I don't mean this in a, a flippant way, but most people go to a coffee shop for, for coffee or catching up with friends, right? Whereas I think yeah. over there, it's kind of, right, I'm going to go and get some work done. Let me go to the local Starbucks or the local coffee house or to to log on and, and get stuff done. So I think maybe they use their public Wi-Fi more than we do. That doesn't justify the need for this. Um, but maybe that's why there's more of a focus on making sure that there are some restrictions around the usage of it. Yeah, yeah. I I just find it weird that they, that you then link um, the ability to have unrestricted Wi-Fi to someone intentionally going out there to share and distribute child pornography. It's like, why would? That's because it's unrestricted. Doesn't mean people are going to go out and it's just a logical leap. What's funny is that um, the company Ucorn, the pornography website, has banned Starbucks coffees from its offices. It plans to stop. If that it plans to ban Starbucks coffees from its offices from the first of January, two thousand nineteen. Sorry. <laughs> So you know, you and the, the the website Uporn has banned um is planned to ban in response to this Starbucks banning unrestricted Wi-Fi. They're banning Uporn are banning all Starbucks from Starbucks um cups of coffees to be um drunk in their offices from the first of January. I'm not sure Starbucks are going to lose too much sleep over that. I'm pretty sure that the Uporn offices aren't that big. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't take that much of an enterprise to make sure that you've got a site that people can upload porn videos to. <laughs> All right, staying on the internet. Um, this week in, in the Marriott, the Marriott Group um, chain, hotel chain, um, says that up to 500 million guests have had have, have been um, accessed. So there's been a hacking in um, the Marriott. 500 million people is a lot of a lot of guests. Uh, well, this is this is pretty shocking, basically. So basically, they bought um, Starwood, uh, and as part of that, so it's actually Starwood that's got the problem of it. But they obviously now fall all under the Marriott Group. But the problem here is is that the internal investigation found that an attacker had been able to access the network since 2014, um, which is why the number is so large. Um, but since 2014 is, is obscene, you need to spot, you need to sack all of your security operations team. That's ridiculous. Um, you, you cannot have a, a vulnerability that is sustained for that long. Um, but the reason I put this in here, uh, this could be, I mean, this could be the first whopping, whopping GDPR fine because 500 million user customers' data, depending on how many of those are based in Europe, the data breach and the fines that would be involved in that, especially the fact. The, if it's been there since 2014, you could argue that I think they put in this as well. The fact that they've come out with it may get them treated slightly better, but I don't think it will because when it comes to fines of this nature, the legal system is pretty unforgiving. Um, so I'll be interested to see the GDPR fine that comes out of the back of this once they, because obviously they're going to have to go in and determine how many of these were European um, customers and maybe when they, the vulnerabilities out, I don't know how they go about the calculation, I just a blanket or ones that have been customers since GDPR has been bought in. Um, but yeah, I think there'll be a pretty hefty fine attached to this for the Marriott Group. That's interesting. Um, it's just it's interesting with the, the information that um, so it's your name, your address, your phone number, your email address, your password number, your account information. All of your personal project. details, basically. Yeah. And although although they've, the the uh, card details are encrypted, they suspect that the hacker stole the encryption key as well. So <laughs> it's a real, real. It's not. I shouldn't laugh. It's not funny, but it almost is. It's it's just an app. Oh, it's just absolutely poor practice. That, like I say, if this was yeah, this happened last week and now we've detected. But twenty fourteen is it's just shocking. All right, moving on. Um, and then we've got to go back to some. Uh, international news. Um, Trump and Xi are to meet to um, meet amid trade tensions. So the US president and the pre- the president of China are to meet and so they can reach a, reach a deal whilst they're at the G20 in Argentina this week. Um, it'd be interesting. The thing about Trump, yeah, is that I don't think he's, that I think historically we've always said that he's not a very good negotiator. It'd be very interesting to see how what comes out of his meeting with Zai. and because from 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 that looking in, I, I see Zai has been quite sharp. So um, I think it's Z, by it, the way. Oh, it's, it's Z. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry if anyone offended. <laughs> um, 
Z Ping, Z Jinping. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he comes out with uh, with his deal and see if they can um, and like hash out a deal with with China and stop this, stop these silly uh, tariff tariffs. I mean, I don't know what that. I think they're meeting over lunch. I, I, I don't envision that they're going to have an immediate. They're not going to reach an immediate agreement to this. Um, I think everybody has basically said that this isn't helping anybody in the long run. Um, China seemed to be taking a bit of a softer stance on this. We will always have this discussion about who will be first to back down. Um, so I'm not. I'm not sure <clears throat> how this will play out. What are we doing? Holding back on tariffs. China will be opening up. China will be getting rid of. Tariffs, Trump said. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I think they brought. I think they should have had the meeting itself already to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I'm looking on the thing now, it's been updated two hours ago. So I don't know the outcome of it. Uh, here we go. So Donald Trump and his counterpart, the Jinping, have agreed to halt new trade tariffs for 90 days to allow for talks. Yeah. So I didn't envision that there would be a, uh, an answer to it, but it sounds basically what they've agreed is to open up a window of time between which they can enter deeper um, discussions on this, which, well, that buys people three months, right? Now, that is not to say that that means they're going to reach an agreement in this time because, what, is it two times in the last 18 months that they've shut down government because they couldn't reach budgetary um, agreement? Yeah. And that was internal to the US, right? So this is international, right? So I, I, it's a, a positive outcome of... Well, it's a positive outcome for as long as... Uh, given the t- amount of time that they met for, um, but whether they will reach a consensus within 90 days is, is still unclear to me. Yeah. But um, at least it's for a halt on it for the moment. <laughs> I guess that should be a positive. Yeah, for 90 days over Christmas <laughs> after Black Friday. Um, did you get anything on Black Friday sales? No, I never do. I don't. I don't care about them. Like they're not because the thing is, they're not nothing's. I mean, first off, I don't sit around waiting for a sale day to come on to buy stuff. Second off, over here, like I found it quite interesting. I can't remember. Maybe it, it must have been. I don't know when I would have watched this, but Black because Black Friday was like the day that I, I I went last Saturday, so the day after that. So maybe I saw it somewhere over in the states when I was over there. But they were showing some of the people. I, I think I can't remember who it was. Um, one of the department stores basically bought in, it might have been Debenhams somewhere, or but they basically brought in like 500 people at like half four in the morning to prepare for this. Just nobody there. Nobody was rocking up for the sales when they kicked off. I think we had the buzz for like, what, did we introduce it two years ago? I think the first year everybody was super on it. The second year everybody was looking at it going, well, hold on. These look like fake sales, which most of them are. They yeah. bumped the price up before Black Friday just to put it back down to what it historically has been anyway. Um, and I didn't see that many. I, I, I mean, I briefly looked on Amazon. I didn't, I didn't really care too much. Um, I don't know. Did you? I only got a, a screen. I needed a screen for editing, so I just got a new screen. Um, it's my funny setup at home. I've got a screen. I've got my laptop screen, so I can do, edit, do photography editing. And I've got a new hard drive. What I needed anyway, so um, I find it interesting because I went to um, PC. I went to PC World Curries and it was packed full of people buying stuff on the um, Saturday, and I didn't understand like people buying TVs and stuff. I was like, don't you, don't you have a TV? Didn't you have a TV? Like, why are you buying? Why are you buying a TV that you think you're getting a deal? But if you if you looked a couple of months earlier, the price would have been pretty, pretty much similar. You thought they put a price up like before? I, I... So. I think in electronics, you can get some deals out of it. If you're going to buy a big ticket item, I do think you do still get discounts off. I think it's more anything that's under £100 usually would have probably been the same beforehand. I think anything that's a big ticket item like a TV and stuff, you do get legitimate discounts. But the reality is, is you do get discounts on those all year round if you shop around. So I think it's just some people buying into the bus. I understand why why some people buy there, but I just we're never gonna be like they are in the States, right? Because I mean Amazon introducer over here is just another way to people that's into start buying from them but we're never going to get to a point where because over in the states they have big big discounts legitimately which is why people break down doors and stuff we're never going to get to to that so i think it's just lost some of its allure which to be honest look black friday is, is representative of something for the guys in the u.s it sits around thanksgiving it doesn't mean anything to us apart from just a, an extra shopping day now yeah about um yeah about the google chrome um extension which gives which um, allows you to get it takes you straight to um, discounts 
the Chrome extensions that can save hundreds of dollars now. It's, um, which the, like, if you know Chrome you to the web, to the browser, and it just takes you, and then you can add extensions. You can buy apps for it, and it now can, it, it, it takes you straight to the the, um, the uh, um, deals on the internet, which is really good. So uh, I'll have to read more into it, but uh, um, there are brilliant deals on. If you have, if you have Chrome, you can now. Um, if you don't have Chrome, you've got Google, right? <laughs> I would be the only reason I say that is I would be I would be hesitant. Anything that anything that gives me an app that directs me to somewhere means that somebody's paying to be on that um, that directory, right? I can't believe that they've developed an app that's got an algorithm that is literally checking everywhere every day for specific item types to give me the cheapest, right? So it suggests to me that somebody's gone out there and says, yeah, I want to be part of the app and has paid for it, which is not going to be a, a substitute for if you actually spend some time doing some research. But again, me personally, I'm too lazy. I don't care. If I want something, then I'll probably go and buy it and I might look for a comparison between a couple of sites maybe. I don't go that far in, into depth or detail. That's just me and my laziness. I do. I appreciate it's got value for some people, but... I think for people who are scouring the web the most, they will probably do their own research extensively. Anything that's a browser add-in, I think people are just paying to get their ads in there. All right, and then moving on. So we've got a story in um, Paris. Um, the police are continuing to write with um, Paris protesters over the um, fuel fuel prices going up. I think we talked about this previously in the, on the previous podcast before you went away. Um, and it's, it's, it's still continuing. So, uh... yeah, I, well, I don't, I think it's gone over and above that. It started with a fuel protest. I think now it's a, an overall unhappiness that Macron still doesn't associate with um, your average person in society, shall we say. Uh, so it seems to have gone over and above that, but it seems to be, yeah, it seems to be getting, well, getting worse. And, and the kind of what they're putting out, and I don't know why they're not, they didn't expect it. One, there's a couple of things to it. It's not organized. It wasn't organized the first time around. They just got this, uh, they basically shared it on Facebook, which means they've got nobody basically needing this. But even if they did, it wouldn't make a difference because they're like, yeah, there's 1,500 or so agitators who have come out and they don't represent all of us. Dude, what stupid comments make? Whenever you arrange anything like this, then there's always going to be a small minority of people that are agitators. It's part, it's part and parcel of the package that you're signing up to. Um, yeah, but it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I don't see where they get out of this because uh, Macron's not going to back down on the price that, um, increase that he's got on the fuel tax that he's put on, um, or the green tax, like whatever they want to call it. But so I, I don't know if they just do this on a week because I only seem to come out of the weekends. So I don't know if every Saturday they're just going to be doing the same thing. I, I would argue probably Paris is not a place you want to go for a long city break weekend at the moment. Um, but I'm, I'm not sure how they reach a consensus on this because like I say everything that he comes out in response to it doesn't just seems to fall flat with the particular people who are who are unhappy here I suspect they'll just run out of steam and, and it'll stop in a couple of weeks but yeah it's it's not particularly good scenes to be seeing in the middle of uh, Paris Alright moving on to tech some tech news so Microsoft um, beat Apple for the biggest market cap so um, Microsoft is claiming its title as a world's most valuable company overtaking Apple slowly crept up on Apple. <laughs> um, well, I wasn't really, it's not really clear to me why Apple's shares, I mean, I haven't looked enough into it, but I only saw it recently this week, why Apple's shares have tanked in the last um, six months. Apart from the fact that, I mean, as, when they put it out there, though, it's kind of understandable, I guess, but they've fallen 25% since October, which doesn't, I know you take into consideration the market has been dropping itself, but it's very strange for me that particularly around this time they've, they've tanked so much. I mean, there, there is the, the ongoing discussion around the um, the need for, well, how the longevity of, not the longevity of Apple, but the um, longevity of the health in the smartphones market. Because every smartphone, I mean, my I think my upgrade is due, what, this week? Um, and like, I will probably upgrade to the, to the new iPhone, but I don't, the reality is I don't need to, well, I kind of do need to at the moment because Apple are doing their normal shit and bricking out my phone when the, um, the time goes by. I don't know what they're stuck on here, but my battery is being absolutely zapped all the time. Like it's the recent upgrade, right? And I, I, I close all of my apps. I show, The only way that I can get it to not reduce the um, power, uh, the battery power, is to turn the location services off, which, which I get, but I never used to have this before. Like, I mean, I'm going to work 
and I'm waking up in the morning at what? I wake up at like quarter to five. I will run to the gym and go to work. And by the time I'm there at like quarter past half seven, my battery's down to like 40%. That doesn't make sense. And it didn't used to happen two months ago. I'm sick and tired of every time they release a new phone, they brick out the old ones with the updates. Pissing me off, Apple. And and, and do you know what's worse for it? What's worse? I fall for it every year because I always get the upgrade. <laughs> didn't, didn't Apple um, offer to give you a free uh, battery, battery upgrade? Yeah, but I don't think they need to because I don't think that that's applicable for the... I think that was applicable for the 6. I've got the 7 Plus. Okay. So I don't think that's supposed to be a problem of mine. And also, I was speaking to a, a friend about this. He said, yeah, why don't you just get the battery replaced? I'm like, but you're not paying attention to me. This, this, this is completely aligned with the release of the new one. They've chucked out an update, which I don't, I, I'm guessing the update has certain things that run with it, which are much easier complemented and managed by the improved hardware of the XS, right? Um, which is then bombing out the last one. So it shouldn't be, I don't think it's necessarily about replacing even the battery on this. It's just they're releasing an update that my phone doesn't like. It's, it's annoying, but inevitably by this time next week, I'll probably have upgraded my phone. So <clears throat> I don't know why I'm bitching and moaning about it. <laughs> All right, and then staying on um, tech. So it's really funny how the banks move with technology and, and um, some people have to catch up. So the new bank check, um, so I think most people have got the, uh, I think most people that use online banking or um, do any um, shopping online have been advised by the banks that the way they authorise um, payments now is no longer, um, it's, not, it's no longer put, giving a password in and putting the free the free letters of your password, the free numbers of your numbers or letters of your password is now they're going to send a text to you and this could this could help this could hurt people that don't have coverage so many times if you try and buy stuff you know what's funny i, I was thinking about this like sometimes in my office if i try to if i try to buy stuff and they try and send i don't have i don't have signal in my i don't have signal in my office but i have wi-fi so if they sent me a text it wouldn't go through <laughs> I, would, I would have to go outside the building i have to go outside the building to get the text and then come back in the building to then process the payment I, don't, I think that the, the, the text, the pin number would have a, a time limit on it, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it? I just, uh, well, well, first, I'm, my bad. Maybe they have, but they haven't done it in a in a, a manner that by which I actually paid attention to it. I, I wasn't aware this was coming in. Um, okay. and it doesn't happen until 2019, which is, is, is fine because they may have changed their approach for it for now. I think it's ridiculous, to be honest. It's going to piss me off. So the story of they're putting here is basically that this is for, this is going to hurt people who haven't got coverage. And to a degree, it's going to hurt people who are in, in situations where you're in, right, where you might be in a building that doesn't get coverage when you're when you're buying something, right? For me, it's just generally making a worse. I'm not surprised that e-commerce sites are a bit annoyed about this coming in because basically it just it disrupts my user experience on this. I don't... I think it's ridiculous that this is coming in for anything over what? Anything over 30 euros. So anytime I spend more than 27 pounds, I'm going to have to wait for a text, which in fairness, when you have these things, the texts are pretty instantaneous. But for me, it's just, unfortunately, it's only online. And yeah. to be honest, a lot of the stuff where I buy on, usually I buy on Amazon. I usually like smaller things. Um, but it's, it's a bit of a pain. In, I, I just think it's a bit of a pain in the ass and disrupting my. I get it. You want to disable fraud, but come up with a better way for it to work than this because this is just. This is. I can envision that this will become. Well, if they bring it in the way that it is, then you just get used to it over time. But at least in the immediate, I will find it to be disruptive to my um, customer experience, to be honest. Which obviously the banks don't care too much about. But the e commerce sites, if I own one, I, I would be annoyed about it because. This, little things like this will push people away from the the online thing. I, I, yeah, I don't like it. I just yeah, I'm not a fan of this. I'm not a fan of most. I'm not a fan of most of the recent um, changes that banks have made, but particularly this one, I think is going to be annoying. And then I think the final the final story on tech was uh, Mark Zuckerberg was missing from the. Um, he's supposed to be in front of um, the European um, Policy Commission on Tech, and he didn't show up. I think it was Bill Grillen, or I, uh, was it just Bill Grillen, um, tech heads, and invited him and he didn't bother Sorry? So, you know, um, they said for three hours, Richard Allen was, oh no, sorry, I'm talking, I was just skipped, I was reading the story out loud, sorry. I was saying, you know the Mark Zuckerberg story about yeah. emissions? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was saying, but did, did, he did the same thing, didn't he do something similar before when he sent um, one of his, that- yeah, yeah, well, that's when they sent a request for him over in the UK. And, and quite frankly, I'm like, why would he? Like, I, I, 
to be honest, and I don't, and I don't know why why they want him there, so, because he's not. He, first off, if you really want to get to the details of it, then you want somebody more down in the 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 grassroots of this, right, to have the discussion. All they want to do is this is just a publicity stunt. They want to show that they've got something and that, that they've got some kind of power as Mark Zuckerberg by getting him to turn up, right? And we've seen before, if this is anything like when he had to turn up in the US, the people who are questioning him don't have, speaking quite frankly, a fucking clue how technology works. They ask ridiculously stupid and naive questions, which would have probably been exactly the same here. Um, it's quite an amusing photo that they're putting here. I don't know how they allowed this photo to be put online. They're all looking over to this empty space of him. Uh, but I, I don't. It's it's all it's all optics, right? They want him there just to say, "Oh yeah, we we summoned him and he came." And I'm not surprised that he doesn't turn up. He sends somebody who's co- who's based in the EU to respond to people in the EU. It, it makes sense to me. It doesn't make sense that they're c- continually pushing this until. I see an example of them actually making a worthwhile time of this. But everything that I've seen so far, whenever he gets grilled, most of it is just pointless questions. It would actually be interesting for him to be grilled with difficult questions because he even kind of gets a, he finds it a bit difficult getting through some of the easier ones. Probably some of that is a lack of patience for being asked very basic stuff that is more about how the internet works than how Facebook works. But if he took a real grilling, it might be interesting to see what his responses are. But I just, it's all about optics. Um, frankly, if I was him, I'd, I wouldn't care if these people were offended either. I wouldn't bother to turn up. They've got no real reason that they're asking for him, right? It's just, I just find it just a constant bit witch hunt like uh, and a bit pointless, to be honest. And okay, so moving on to some um, serious stories. Noah Mins is the first person to be voted as I'm a celebrity, um, get me out of here. I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. There's a show in, show in Britain which has um, so, uh, B list, B list, Z list celebrities that go out to Australia and they do bush tucker trials. No, no, Edmonds, uh, recently famous in the UK, he was one of the celebrities voted out. What's funny about the story is that he made 600,000 in six days. Uh, ten days. Oh, ten days. So he he made six hundred thousand in ten days, and he's involved with that. So uh, I I kind of put this on. I have to admit, I put this on because this was just another example of Twitter winning again. So I, I only put it on because I was amused by the tweets. I don't know if you read them, but basically, yeah. what I found amusing was right. So one of them, some some guy Greg J, who absolutely blown up by voting no out. We shouldn't, we shouldn't be allowed to vote about things we don't fully understand. <laughs> I don't know what there is to not understand about it. Then there was another one. I think I'm more pissed off about Noel Edmonds than Brexit. The British public shouldn't be allowed to vote on matters of national importance. Um, proof that the UK can never vote the right way. First, the EU referendum. Now voting out Noel Edmonds. So I, I, I left this in there. I mean, it's a bit embarrassing for ITV that they've just had to pay 600k for 10 days, right? Um, but I just found the the responses on Twitter to be um, Twitter has amused me this week actually, and a lot of the stories. That's why I kind of stuck this one in there. All right, and then I think the final story we had this week was the um, was Swiss hotels are hiring Instagram sisters to post photos of you. So Swiss um, hotels in Switzerland were hiring people in it, are hiring um, Instagram sisters to take follow you around, take pictures of you whilst you're on holiday. Is this what the world's come to? Well, so I actually tracked this down. I think I was, I think I was on um, John Dvorak's Twitter and because I, so I go on there like before the show each week because he puts some amusing stuff on there. So I think it's it's only Ibis Hotels and they're only running this as a, a trial and it's more a PR stunt, right? Because it's got them in the news. But what was more bizarre about it? I don't know if you managed to watch the actual ad for this. But you, the ad is really strange. So it's got basically a man and a woman on a, a lake. And he's taking a picture of her. And then all of a sudden, people start popping up out of the water. So you've got some girl who's like crying and saying, oh, you're here with her. And, and basically, they're all responding as you would on, on Instagram, um, the kind of comments that they're making. And then this, this guy comes along and puts his hand on his shoulder, takes his phone, takes a picture of him, and then walks off down the river. And all these people who are having comments on, follow this man down the river with the phone. And, and doesn't I don't understand the representation of that, right? Because if somebody's posting to your account, they're still posting to your account. People will still comment on it. Um, yeah. But that said, this is a bit of a if if you wanted to dive in, then it gives you a bit of it's a bit of a new niche in the market. But yeah, I I thought this was a particularly I think some of it is a PR thing, um, but 
yeah, there's no way that I would be paying somebody. Well, I say that I personally wouldn't be paying somebody, but that's not to say that people people won't legitimately pay for this. Mm-hmm. It's funny. All right. Um, so whilst you were, whilst you were traveling, what, what were you reading? Uh, I, I wasn't reading that much actually. I was I had super hectic days. Uh, I've got to admit, I just film binged out when I was on the the plane out there because there was so finally, <laughs> finally I watched the Avengers: Infinity Wars. Finally, I watched Black Panther, neither of which I had still seen. Um, and I watched another couple. I think. Huh? What did you think of um, Black, Black Black Panther first? Um, Black Black Panther. It was one of those ones where. I did like it, but it was one of those ones, and they do this quite a lot with superhero movies nowadays. I think Fantastic Four is probably the worst example, the best example of this being put straight. But it just felt—I don't know—it once it got, it kind of spends loads of the time building, and then it reaches its climax where obviously Michael B. Jordan takes over, and then it kind of wraps itself up relatively quickly. Um, it just felt good, good film, but yeah. I just felt it's one of those ones which takes ages to build up to the climax, and then the climax is over in like twenty minutes. Um, but I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't say anything bad about it. I found it just good light entertainment, to be honest. And um, what did you think of um, uh, Infinity Wars? Infinity Wars, uh, Infinity Wars, I, I liked it. again. Just good light entertainment, right? I don't know how they come back. I, I, I know, I, I still don't know how they come back from this. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know how they flip it around. Uh, yeah, I. I'll be interested because they're going to have to make another one, right? But don't make know... another one. Yeah, they make another one. It comes out. It comes out in um, April. In but then, part well, somebody went. Oh, how can they make another one if nearly all the people are gone? And I was like, well, there's still a good faction of them left, right? All original members are still alive. But, and this is this is the thing. This is why I was like, well, they've still got something there. But I don't. Yeah, I don't get. If I was, who was it? I, basically, um, did Star Lord survive? He died. He di- well, frankly, he deserves to, right? Because he <laughs> fucked it all up. Like all he had to do was not get emotional, and then they'd taken the the um, gauntlet off. I just thought, yeah. you fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he died. Yeah, it's just what who survived all the original cast. Everyone else, everyone else was dead. Most of the, most of the new ones have died. Yeah, and I just thought, because I knew what happened. Obviously, I knew what happened at the end anyway, because I'd, I'd heard about it anyway. I just, I, I wasn't sure how exactly how they would go about it. Like, everybody just turned into dust. I was like, all right, yeah, that's a bit deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In the cinema, it was a bit more, it was, I think it was, it, was, it was dramatic, because no one saw it coming. Yeah, I think if you, if I didn't know about it, yeah. It would have been, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I I thought it was good. And then, yeah, and then you had the whole, I mean, four kind of fucked up a bit by not chopping the hand off. Basically, that's what you should have done. Um, however, it's a film, right? It's a car, it's, it's in a superhero film, so I'm not going to be too critical about it. Um, I did, I because I, I think I'd used up most of my not used up, but I'd read most of the audio books I downloaded. And as I say, I couldn't I couldn't concentrate when I was walking down the road, so I didn't really listen to any audio books. I did download, um, as soon as my credits came in for this month, uh, I downloaded David Goggins' book, um, Can't Hurt, I, which is I saw you post it. So, uh, I'm, I'm, I, it's, it's quite interesting because basically in the audio book, he is playing the audio, but he has interviews. So the, the person who wrote it with him, they also come in at like the end of the chapter and have a discussion on a reviewer. So it's, it, it, it's an audio book mixed with like a podcast format. It's the first time I've, I've come across somebody doing that. I'm, fine, I'm actually enjoying it quite a lot because it just expands on, you've heard the overall story of him, but it really expands on, some of the other stuff that he's gone through in his earlier life, in his um, career, in his kind of soldier and military career. Um, so I'm, I'm actually enjoying it, despite the fact that I knew a lot about him. Um, and then what? So I was catching up on some podcasts when I could. I listened to a few over there because I was stuck on a bloody, having to use a cross trainer, which I, ugh, I hate. So I listened to a couple of the Joe Rogan ones. Um, I'm just listening to the Jordan Peterson one at the moment, which I've got, got an hour left on. That one I enjoyed, I mean, or, or I'm enjoying a lot more than I expected to, because I thought I'm just going to listen to this and it's going to be all the same stuff same that we've heard yeah, from yeah. Jordan Peterson before. But but it wasn't that. There was he's discussing a whole load of, and maybe it's Joe helps him to go in those direction, right? But 
he was discussing a lot more topics in, in, in from a different point of view than I've heard from him before. Whereas normally just... when he goes on other people's podcasts, I'm like, well, I've heard this. I do listen, but I'm like, it's a repeat of the same stuff. But I, 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 when I saw him on um, on Joe Rogan, I wasn't, I wasn't in a rush to watch it because I thought he's 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 only on Joe Rogan two months ago, so it's like, like maybe you you've been on Rogan so many times this year. It's like, how much new stuff can you talk about? But then I saw some of it and I was like, okay, they're talking about different things, so I'm gonna give it a go. I'll listen to it. It's worth a listen. I actually enjoyed it. It's one of the. Um... One of, well, he's done a couple of it because he got he go through his period, but obviously the Weinstein one and Jordan Peterson one have been recent. I've enjoyed both of those. This one, I yeah. actually, it's a bit, it's a bit different. It's, it's not, it's following the same pattern of, um, of of what we're aware of the beliefs that Jordan Peterson has and what he pursues. But he discusses different topics that I haven't, or different angles of it that I haven't necessarily heard him touch on before. It doesn't change the basic rhetoric and, and his point of view. It's just a, a different take on a few different areas, which I thought was, I found entertaining anyway. All right, cool. All right, guys. Um, I wrapped up the, the podcast this week. By the way, because I didn't, because you, you did just before we wrap up. I, I didn't watch it. I have to admit. Um, so the boxing was on this morning, wasn't it? And, and obviously yeah. Tyson Fury and, and Wilder ended up in a draw. I find it wonderful how divisive boxing is. I find the funny thing about boxing, I find it more divisive than football. I, I mean, over here particularly, when you've got people who are into football support their own teams, right? Um, but it gets super divisive. Any, I've just been keeping up on the WhatsApp chat <laughs> this yeah, morning, yeah. and I just find it super amusing. Um, how everybody, I mean, I didn't watch the fight, but um, but there was something that somebody put in this morning, and I was like. Look, you can have it. I mean, everybody's got the same kind of. Maybe it's us being cynical. Maybe it's and maybe it's not. Or maybe it's somewhere just somewhere in the middle, which I think it is. But the, it, they haven't. For me, they haven't fixed the draw so that they can get a rematch of this. Right? That's an added benefit. And the reality is, is a rematch comes after every fight, draw or yeah. not. All you have to do is be within a couple of points of it, and then you call for a rematch anyway. So I don't. I haven't watched the fight, but I don't call this as a, a sign of corruption. I will watch the fight at some point, but to be honest, it was on five o'clock this morning, and I was like, do you know what? I'm tired, because I only landed yesterday. So I took off, I think, what? I left I left Vegas at, at two on Friday, and I landed at 11 o'clock our time. So basically, that, it was like a 30-hour day. So I was yeah. like, I'm not waking up for it. I'll catch the replay, of, or I'll see it on YouTube, or, or whatever. Um, however, the bottom line is, is and somebody made a good point this morning, is, but, but this, this isn't new. Boxing is subjective to the referee's view. Now, whether you agree with it or not, that's yeah. always the way. Certain refs start like certain different styles. And yeah. I don't think, and again, I haven't watched it, but it's very difficult to get away from a 12th round knockdown, right? Because it, it's simple psychology. The, the latest thing that happens is what sticks in people's mind. That That's not, that's not a boxing thing. That's not sports psychology. That's the psychology of the mind. Um, so it somewhat doesn't surprise me that that swayed the balance. Um, I don't know what did you make of the fight though, because like I said, I haven't actually watched. It. I, I, I thought three uh, one. I thought I thought I felt I thought I was thinking about it. When he knocked him down in the top round, I was like, I don't know now because up to the twelfth round, I was like, he's won this. All you need to do is not get hit. The stay. All you need to do is just jab, jab, stay away from him and not get hit. While it looks like he's tired. And um, don't hit. Then he gets hit and he gets knocked down. And the knockdown was like a, he got clean punched with the right, and that's why I was, that's why I was punching it. And he just sits, and then it's like five, four. It's like uh, it's four, five, six, and he just sits up. It's like wow, how the hell did he get? This? And then he well, this is down. this is what I thought when I saw that he got knocked down and he got up. I was like, well, he's a, what what that proved right is that because normally Wilder just knocks everybody out. Um, even when he goes into those wild swings of his, because you can't argue with the the pure punch power that yeah. he's got. But then Tyson Fury is is a man mountain, right? Like he, he just is. He's built like that. He's not trying to be a superstar in shape athlete. He's he oh. takes advantage of his pure size. But again, for me, I was I saw the back and forth this morning, and I will watch the fight, and I would be open to. See, and I would imagine I will probably align with what a lot of people said, but to get knocked down twice in a fight and in a in a heavyweight fight and yeah. to still win it, you, you have to be so immeasurably far ahead in the points. 
is, is my my take on this. And that's what people's take was. My take was that he was he he won nine of the twelve round fight. He won nine of the twelve rounds, and the rounds that um the rounds I I think I scored the second round for Wilder. I scored the eighth round for Wilder, and I scored the twelfth round for Wilder. And the, the two rounds that Wilder won were ten eights. So so if you added it all up together, it'd be one hundred fifteen, one hundred eleven. Um, I can't see. I can't see the rounds where um, well Wilder won. That's, that's my my only thing. Is like I think the only thing I can think of is that that Fury didn't do enough, and 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 that can be subjective. I can I can agree with judges. Judges saying that he didn't do enough in the rounds that he won. So those rounds could have been scored for Wilder. But other than that, he, he, he pretty much. If you watch the fight, the the person that. Um, came off it happier was Wilder because he 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 didn't look like a winner. He didn't he didn't feel he didn't look like a winner. He was even when he was when when, when they were interviewing him, he was even criticizing his performance. He was saying I didn't throw enough of my shots. I was rushing my shots. Blah blah blah. It was that he he was outboxed in a boxing match, and that's what yeah, he, but yeah, but uh, that was that was so the reason that shouldn't have happened is because Tyson Fury's been out for so long, yeah. right? And so it's a testament to his the, uh, training. And I actually have a lot more respect for Tyson Fury since I listened to the Joe Rogan podcast. I wasn't always a fan of his. Um, but that said, I would expect Tyson Fury at his best to outbox Wilder. I would expect a lot of people to outbox Wilder because technically he is not a fantastic boxer. He is a pure powerhouse. That yeah. is the, the way that he can swing is is, is no man's business, right? So but technically, he's not a great boxer. Someone called him a pure right hand. <laughs> he's that he's rubbish, and he's got an amazing right hand. Um, he just he just couldn't hand. He just, it, it was just funny because of, um, when he was swinging, he just couldn't hit him. Um, but my thing was this: if I was um, if I was Joshua watching that fight, uh, I would want to fight Wilder more than I'd want to fight Fury. But I don't think. I, I, I think and what so watching the fight, I think that Wilder would love to fight. Would prefer to fight Joshua than um, Fury. What Fury can do? Fury slips and moves his head. He slips. He slips. Punches a lot. He's very. He's for someone that big. Yeah, he's so quick. I, it's just like it, it, he's so big. He's six and ten, two hundred sixty pounds, and he's able to just like dodge. Punches so and 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 be so elusive. I know he got hit twice and he got knocked down twice, but um, it'll be interesting to see Wilder v uh, Joshua. And also, Joshua hit Wilder with the amount of punches that Fury hit him with Wilder being hospital right now. So well, yeah, but there's a difference as well. I I don't think the that, that Joshua can take the kind of punch that Fury can take. Yeah, I haven't seen the punch from um Fumi, but I have seen Joshua when he's put in trouble, right? And so if, if Wilder hits him with a clean punch, that might just knock him out. I yeah. don't know that his chin can take the same amount of battering as, as Tyson Fury's can. Yeah. Um, and and also, the challenge that Joshua will face with Tyson Fury is I don't think that... Uh, similar to Wilder, look, if he's now just got up from a clean right in the 12th round from Wilder, then it suggests to me that Joshua would have an incredibly, incredibly difficult time trying to knock him out. It, it, he's, he's not... He's not Somebody built like him is not somebody... It, it takes almost a perfect... The, the perfect punch with the perfect timing with him coming in at the right angle for you to be able to knock Tyson Fury out just because of the way he's physically built. So yeah. I think that it would be... And the thing is, if he now keeps on his comeback, the only thing is, is when he had that again, when he had the interview with Joe Rogan, is he needs something to constantly be aspiring to. And he may just look at this and go, well, I don't need to prove anything else now if he keeps trying to train and want to go forwards though he him and joshua. joshua would be a very a very testing fight for joshua he wants joshua because i don't think wilder wants to fight fury next i think they asked do you want to do you want to fight him next he goes um a rematch do you want to next, next fight, a rematch because i'm not sure about next fight it might be the fight after and i think for and theory called out joshua and i'm thinking well that makes sense if I was Joshua, I'd fight Fury now before um, he, he gets better because the guy's been out for two years. He hasn't fought anyone. He fought, he's fought bombs. He's come back. He's, he's shown that he's, he's still there. Now, if he, 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 he sets up his if he if he sets up his fitness and needs some of the some of the flab, it'll be, it'll be even more even even yeah, more. Yeah, but better. he doesn't need to. Yeah, but I don't think he does because I, again, somebody made a good point on this earlier, and they're completely right. Is that that plays into his hands? So again, for an Anthony Joshua, right, going in with a Tyson Fury, his legs by the end of it will be in, on fire because you're constantly having to push away somebody who's that heavy. I don't yeah. think Tyson Fury ever needs... Because of his speed, I don't think him losing weight is of any benefit to him. I think it would hamper him. I, he would lose some of 
what gives him an upper hand in a fight. So I don't think he necessarily needs to. Um, he just needs to get the ring the ring time back in. I don't think he needs to get in any different shape to what he's in now because I, I think that shape that he's in just just works for him. But he's not going to get the Joshua fight next because Joshua's camp will just say, "Well, hold on, he doesn't have any belts. Why why would we take him on? He's, he's not a mandatory over Wilder." I don't think either of them are easy fights. Uh, none of them are given for yeah. Joshua. Uh, Wilder maybe. Wilder is is. You could be. You could just be unlucky. He could get a chance glance on you, and that could be you out for the count. Whereas Tyson Fury is, is a technically different, more difficult fight. But we'll see what twenty nineteen holds. I guess. All right, guys. Um, I was about to say before I was about talking about boxing. Um, yeah, as always, if you can go to SoundCloud and iTunes and um, all other podcast apps and rate and rate and share us with your friends, and uh, that will help us out a lot. It will help us get more exposure because people will see us higher up in the rankings and on our podcast. And if you have any, if you want to ask us any questions or to, uh, or, or interact with us on social media, we're on um, your Facebook page, the Like Podcast. We're on Twitter and we're on Instagram. Anything you want to say, Ben? Uh, no, nothing from me. So that's lights out, people. Cool. Have a good week. Peace.